again to 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. Glory to God. We serve a wonderful name. Powerful name. Hallelujah. Well, we've been talking about the safest place to be. Amen. Once again, we know during these times, people are always looking for the safest place to be. And we know we have all kind of ideas how to keep ourselves safe and how to keep our families safe. Amen. But we know truly the safest place to be in this day and time is to know that you're in the will of God. It's to what? To know that you're in the will of God for your life. The will of God is the safest place to be. You will find no safer place than the will of God. Amen? Because when you're in the will of God, the enemy can't touch you or your family. Come on, say amen, somebody. Once again, we're talking about the will of God concerning where you work, the will of God concerning where you send your children or allow your children to go or what you allow your children to do, the will of God concerning where your kids go to school or college, the will of God concerning where you live. Come on. The will of God concerning where you go to church. The will of God concerning your ministry. The will of God is the safest place to be. So once again here in 1 John 2.15, which has been our scripture text, it says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the what? World. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth what? He that doeth the will of God does what? Abides forever. The safest place to be is what? In the will of God. That means doing the will of God and carrying out his purpose for your life and your family's life. Come on, say amen, somebody. Now, we talked about being reverent and sensitive before God so you know what his will is for your life. We talked about how to actively pursue, amen, spiritual maturity. Because why? The more spiritual mature you are, the more sensitive you become to what? Lead to the leading on the inside of you. Amen? Glory to God. Then we talked about using serious caution and critical self-evaluation to avoid anything that might offend God or discredit the name of Christ. Amen? In other words, he said, evaluate yourself. Ask yourself questions before you do it. Did I get a confirmed green light from God? Not after you do it. Not after you do it. Before you do it. Amen? All of this is to do what? To make sure that you're in the will of God for your life. Because why? The will of God is the what? Is the what? Safest place to be. Glory to God. Look at John chapter 4, verse 34. Once again, Jesus says here, John chapter 4, verse 34. Jesus said unto them, my meat is to what? Do the will of him that what? Sent me and to finish his work. In other words, Jesus saying, what keeps me and sustains me is not the food I put in my mouth or the natural things of life or the things of this world. What keeps me and sustains me is me doing the will of him that sent me and making sure I what? Finish his work. Finish whose work? His work. My work? Whose work? His work. Why? Because we're supposed to be what? Followers of Christ. Tell your neighbor, are you a follower of Christ? Ask him. Look at John 6.38. Some of you just shouldn't answer. John 6.38. John 6.38. He says, for I came down from heaven not to do my what? Read that again. I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. That's supposed to be everyone in this room's attitude. Say it again. That is supposed to be everybody in this room's attitude. That I came not to do my will, but what? The will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which has sent me. That of all which he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone that would seeth the Son and believe on him 
may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up in the last day. Jesus came to raise a people up that will do the will of God for their lives. Come on, say amen, somebody. Am I talking to that group of people? He doesn't want to lose anyone. And the only way he can lose you is when you lose yourself and doing what you want to do or something he never told you to do or going somewhere he never told you to go. Come on, say amen, somebody. Now, last week we talked about Isaac. Look at Genesis chapter 26, verse 1. Last week we talked about Isaac and how he obeyed and stayed where God told him to stay. Let me say it again. How he obeyed and stayed where God told him to stay. Genesis 26, 1, it says, and there was what? There was a what? Famine in the land beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, into what? Gerar. We know famine is a season of lack. Famine is a season of doing without. Famine is a season of struggle. Come on, say amen, somebody. A famine is a season when you're worried about what may happen to my family. Look at verse 2. And the Lord appeared to him and said, Go not down to into Egypt. Dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. Come on. This tells us that Isaac, Isaac was planning to go somewhere. He's getting ready to book up, move him and his family to Egypt like his father had done. Come on, say amen, somebody. But God had different plans for his life. God said, don't go down to what? Egypt. You go where I tell you to go. Not where you want to go because the grass looks greener over there. <coughs> Come on. <coughs> then on top of that, verse 3 says, verse 3 says, so sojourn, so, sojourn where? And where? And where? This land. I'm talking about the land of famine. Come on, I'm talking about the land of black. I'm talking about the land where people are struggling to survive. He says, sojourn in this land. But then he says, and I will what? And I will what? Be with thee and will what? Bless thee for unto thee and unto thy what? Seed. I will give these countries, all these countries. And I will what? Perform the oath or promise which I swear unto Abraham my father. Come on, say amen, somebody. And I will make thy seed to what? <clears throat> Multiply as the stars of heaven and will give unto thy seed all these countries and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be what? Blessed. Come on, he said, I will not only bless your children right here in this land, in this, in this land. Why? Because you and your children are obeying me. You're staying where I told you to stay. Come on, say amen, somebody. And because you're doing what I told you to do, all the other nations will benefit. All the nations of the earth will be blessed. You just don't realize how much of a blessing you are to people. Let me say it again. You just don't realize how much of a blessing you are to people when you're in the will of God. Amen? You realize you can affect nations. Let me say it again. Do you realize you can affect nations? Somebody say nations. Look at verse 5. And because that what? Abram, your daddy, obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my what? Commandments, my statutes, and my what? In other words, he said, you're following the example of your father. And that's why we have to be good examples for our children. Come on, say amen, somebody. He said, your father obeyed my voice, and he followed my plan for his life, and he followed my plan for his family. Then it says in verse 6, and Isaac did what? Isaac dwelt in Gerar. He stayed right there where God told him to stay, right in the middle of the famine. And in that middle of the famine, he said, I'm going to stay here, and I'm going to trust God. Let me say it again. I'm going to stay here and I'm going to trust God. Now we know Isaac had a quick relapse about his trust in God right after this. Amen. Gave up his wife to save his own life. 
put her out there. Come on, say amen, somebody. But God come and res res rescued him and his wife, and he blessed them because why? He stayed in the land. He stayed in the land. Then in verse 12, it says, then Isaac did what? Isaac did what? He sold in that land. The same land in Genesis 26, 1, where there was what? Famine in the land. And according to Holman's Bible Dictionary, a famine is the extreme shortage of food. And it's also a drought where there's excessive dryness of land. Now, if the land is dry, you can't plant anything. Come on, say amen, somebody. How are you going to produce a harvest if your seed doesn't get any water? There's no food because why? There are no crops. There's no crops because why? There's no water. The ground is not what? Producing anything. These are what? These are hard times. Come on. When you're in the middle of a famine, amen, most people's thought is, hey, you better do for you and your family and hold on to your seed until times get better. Come on, you're getting that thought, this ain't the time to sow. You need everything you got. Come on. That's the way most, a lot of people think. Not most people, a lot of people think. I'm not going to include you in that. A lot of people think, and they place themselves out of the will of God. Because why? It becomes, once again, a trust issue. Can God take care of me in the midst of a famine? Sure he can if you do what he tells you to do while you're in the famine. Come on, say amen, somebody. And the first thing God won't tell you to do is stop sowing. Say it again. The first thing God won't tell you to do is what? Stop sowing because why? Because you're not working his law of seed, time, and harvest. If you're not working what he put in place, you're out of his will concerning your welfare. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. Go back to Genesis 6, 26, 12. Come on, the safest place to be. The safest place to be is where? In the will of God, especially when it comes to your welfare of your family financially, especially when you're in the middle of a financial famine. Come on, say amen, somebody. Then Isaac sold where? In the, land, in the land of what? In the land of famine. Come on, he obeyed in what? Trusted God no matter what the conditions or what other people even said about him. He what? He trusted in God in the middle of a famine and received in the same year what? A hundredfold, and the Lord did what? And the Lord did what? Blessed him. Isn't that what God told him he was going to do? If he stayed where? In the land and did what he told him to what? To do. Come on, say amen, somebody. See, the blessing he needed to make it through this famine wasn't in Egypt. It was where God told him what? To be. Come on, it was in the place where God told him to sow, and it was in the place where God brought forth a hundredfold and was in the place where God blessed him and the entire family survived the famine. But they not only survived the famine, they strived in the famine. While everybody else was starving, they were striving. They was eating good. Come on, they was living good. They had fresh water to drink. Come on, say amen, somebody. Hallelujah. Look at verse 13. Then it says in verse 13, the man did what? He waxed great and went what? Forward and grew until he became what? Very great. Let me read this from the Amplified Translation. And the man Isaac became great and gained more and more until he became very wealthy and extremely distinguished for he had possession of flocks and possessions of herds. He had flocks and herds? Flocks and herds need water, right? Come on. Flocks and herd need to be fed every day, right? 
His flocks were multiplying in the middle of a famine. His herds were producing other herds in the middle of a famine. Don't you see there's something going on here? Then it says, and a great store of what? Servants. He became the biggest employer in the valley. Oh, come on. Everybody wanted to work for Isaac. Why? Because that's where the food was. Come on, that's where the water was. Come on, say amen, somebody. He became, listen, he became the source of supply in that region. Isaac became the source of supply. Don't you think that's what God wants us to be? Instead of begging, we should be the source of supply for other people. Not the government. Amen. Come on, say amen. amen. It says, and the Philistines did what? They did what? Come on, I look at the government, the Philistines as the government. They were the ones people looked to, to do what? To provide for the needs, but guess what? The government didn't have it. They were starving too. Come on, say amen, somebody. And the people seen that, and they started what? They started applying a job for Isaac. Why? Because Isaac had the money. Isaac had the food. Isaac had the water. Come on, are you with me out here? And what happened? The government tried to stop him. Tried to stop him from doing what God told him to do. Come on, say amen, somebody. When he was in the will of God for his life. But the question was, where, does, where was Isaac getting all his water from? Amen. Come on, he was fertilizing his ground, but where was he getting the waters from? Look at verse 15. For all the wells which is what? Father, servant addict in the days of who? Abraham, his father. The Philistines had what? Stopped them and filled them with earth. God showed him, listen, God showed him the wells his father had dug years ago. If he would have left and went to Egypt, he would have never found that water. Come on, say amen, somebody. And his family would have suffered anyway. But look how great he got, verse 16. And Abimelech said to Isaac, go from us. Please leave us. Why? For thou art what? Much mightier than we. Why was he much mightier than them? Because he had the water. He had the food. He had the cattle. What, what was people looking at now? The government or Isaac? Why? Because when you, when you have what everybody else needs, you have the power. Oh, let me say it again. When you have what everybody needs, you have the power. So the king of Philistines, he said, he said, he said Abimelech said, you got to get out of here. Why? Because you're causing me too many problems. They're no longer looking at me. They're now looking at you, and we can't have that. Come on, say amen, somebody. Verse 17, and Isaac did what? Departed thence and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerah and drew up there. In other words, he just went down the street. <laughs> Amen. And Isaac did what? Verse 18. Isaac digged again the wells of water which they had digged in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham, and he called their names after the names by which his father had called them. See, Abraham had wells all over the place. Wells that were forgotten by most people, but God knows where those wells are. Let me say that again. But God knows where those wells are. Matter of fact, look at Isaiah 45, 3. What did he say? And I will give thee what? The treasures of darkness. That sounds like the wealth for the sinners laid up for the just to me. And what? And hidden riches and secret places. 
that thou mayest what? Know that I, the Lord thy God, which called thee by thy name, am the God of Israel. Listen, there are some riches out there that are hidden in secret places that only God knows about. There are some riches out there that are hidden and secret places that only God knows about. Do you realize how, many, how back in the day they didn't have safes? Come on, they used to hide money in the ground. Come on. I guarantee you there's some abandoned houses with some money dug up under somewhere. They done died and left the money in the house. Come on. Oh, all right, yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, Luke, Luke, Luke 8, 17. What did Jesus say? He said, verse, for nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, neither anything hid, that shall not be what? Known and come about. This should be on your supplication list. What? Lord, reveal to me those hidden riches and secret places because why? You said there is nothing secret that shall not be made known or manifest to me. And nothing here that you won't make known and make sure it comes to me. Go back to Genesis 26, 19. I'm telling you it's out there, folks. I'm telling you it's out there. Amen. Walter and Brother Barry be trying to look for it on this land, but <laughs> Amen. Talking about they're going to go to Tahiti. <laughs> Amen. All of a sudden, the plane will hit some turbulence. They're going to have to turn the plane around and come right back to St. Thomas. <laughs> Glory to God. Genesis 26, 19. Amen. But think about that now. Hidden riches and secret places. Who would have thought that Southfield Church was sitting on oil. That, that land, that, that place used to be a place where they trained, um, what was it? Um, shh, hold up, turn them glasses off for one thing. Ain't no sun in here. She's the only one allowed to have glasses in here. <laughs> What was that? Um, where they trained? Um, no, the the the, the um, friar monastery. It was a monastery. They had that land for years, years. When they people of God, they were training people of God. But was it revealed to them? Hidden riches, I'm talking about, they said there's, what they said, this came out of a new study. How much they said, how much, how much oil's in there? They said, and there's endless amount of oil. They, they, they hit some type of rock, which made it, gave an indication that there's endless amount of oil up under that land. Hidden riches and secret places. Okay, I'm going to grab hold to it, y'all. Sitting up there looking like, oh, okay, that's Bishop Butler up there in Southfield. Okay. All right. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Verse 19. And Isaac's servant dig what? Digged in the valley and found there what? A well of what? Spring water. Now you have to remember this water is considered treasure. Why? They're in a famine. They're in a drought. Water becomes very expensive and a commodity, especially when 75% of your body is made up of water. 
so people will fight you for that water. Verse 20, and the herdmen of Gerard did what? Strive with Isaac's herdmen, saying, this water is ours. And he called the name of that well Esek, because they stole with them. The word strive here is a Hebrew word, rub. And it means to grapple. You ever heard that word before? You watch MMA? <laughs> and it means to wrangle. You ever seen them cowboys? Come on. And it means to contend physically and with words. So there was some cussing going on. And there was some knockdown, drag out fights. Come on. This was the original MMA. <laughs> so it says in verse 21, and they dig another well. And strove for that also, and he called the name of that Sitna. Why? Because water was very precious. And people were willing to what? Fight over it. Everywhere they went, they would find water and end up fighting. And then moving on. Notice they didn't stay and keep fighting. Why? Because Isaac knew. Isaac knew he was a blessed man. And he knew he was in God's will for his life. So wherever he knew, wherever he went, he knew he could find water and be taken care of. Oh, anybody with me in here? But really, God was just getting him to where he really wanted him to be. And God showed him that when he was, that he was in the Lord's will all along the way. Every time he found the will, I'm the Lord thy God and you are called by my name. He go dig another well, I'm the Lord thy God, and you are called by my name. See, those wells were nothing compared to what God really had in store for him. Let me say it again. Those wells were nothing compared to what really God had in store for him. Come on, say amen, somebody. And see, once understand this. It may seem like you start something and you get knocked down. Then you start something else, and it prospers a little, and you get knocked down again. Anybody ever been there? Listen, that's not the time to quit. That's the time to dig another well. Why? Because your jackpot is just around the corner. What if the Wright brothers would have quit? Quit? after they failed time and time again, we wouldn't be flying today. What if Thomas Edison would have quit at age 14, he, he was completely deaf in one ear and at 80% hearing in the other after somebody smacked him upside the head? Come on. If he would have quit, we would still be using lanterns and candles today. Come on, he invented stuff because he didn't, he invented stuff because he didn't patent it. It was stolen from him. So whatever you're doing, you don't quit digging, folks. Tell your neighbor, you don't quit digging. So in verse 22, and said he removed from thence and did what? He did what? He digged another well. And for that, they what? Strove not. Listen, he didn't have to fight over this one. And he called the name of it, what? Rehoboth. And he said, for now the Lord has made room for us. And we shall be what? Fruitful in the land. This was his jackpot. This was his fruitful land. And he recognized, I'm where God wanted me to be all the time. I just had to keep digging until I got there. And he went up from thence to Beersheba. Old Testament survey people, you should know where that is right now. You should be able to picture it. Amen. And the Lord appeared to him in the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham, thy father. Fear not, for I am what? With thee and with what? Bless thee and with what? Multiply thy seed for my servant Abraham's sake. What did God reaffirm to him? First he said, fear not. 
Because I'm what? Because I'm right there with you. Because I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. You ain't got to look for me. I'm right here. They said, and I will bless you. And I will multiply your seed. Why? Because you are where I want you to be. But God was also preparing him for an encounter he is about to have with Abimelech. Could look at verse 25. And he built an altar there, called upon the name of the Lord, and pitched his tent there. And there Isaac's servant digged a what? Digged a well. They dug another well. And he built an altar to do what? To worship the Lord. He said, I'm going to be worshiping God. I'm going to give you an offer. You're Thanksgiving right now because you've been so good to me. Amen. Verse 26, then Abimelech. Here he come. Then Abimelech went to him from Gerar, and Ahazoth, one of his friends, and Philco, the chief captain of his army. Now God had already told Isaac, you're safe because I'm what? Because I'm what? So, so fear not. Come on. And sure enough, here comes Abimelech. And because of what has, he's been through with Abimelech, he would have had reason to be afraid, but after receiving that word from the Lord and knowing where he stands with God, look at his response. Verse 27, And Isaac said unto him, Wherefore come you to me, seeing you hate me and have sent me away from you? He's talking pretty bold now. And they said, We, listen to this now, and they said, We certainly we saw certainly. We saw certainly. We saw certainly that the Lord was with thee. And then he says, and we said, let there now be an oath between us, even between us and thee, and let us make a covenant with thee. Question is, what did they see? What did they see? They seen everywhere Isaac went. He always found a well. And everything would always be fruitful. Come on, trees would grow. Produce would grow. Animal and livestock would multiply. More and more people wanted to go of ice because why? He prospered everywhere he went. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. But then on top of that, what really opened their eyes, every well that they took from Isaac, it dried up when he left. And the trees will no longer bear fruit. It didn't take rocket science to realize there's got to be something on this man. So they said, let us be now, let us now be an oath between us, even between us and thee, and let us make a covenant with thee that thou will do us no hurt. Because now, now Abimelech is afraid of Isaac. Come on, say amen, somebody. Amen. And then it says, as we have not, listen to this now. I, 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 I had trouble with this one. This is Bimelech talking now, right? As we have not touched thee, and as we have not done unto thee nothing but good. <laughs> and have sent thee away in peace. That are blessed of the Lord. Anybody got a problem with that? <laughs> Come on. I mean, if I'm, if, I'm, if I'm Isaac, I'm talking about, what are you talking about? How many wells did your people take from us? And you said you've done nothing but good? And you sent me away in peace? What Abimelech was really saying is, look, we've taken your wells, and really we were justified in doing that. 
but at least we didn't take anyone's life. And we let you go without harm. Do you hear me? But we know you are blessed of the Lord. So we want to bury the hatchet right now and let bygones be bygones. Come on, say amen, somebody. Why? Because we know it's in your power to deal with us however you please. And so Isaac being the blessed man that he was and walking in love. And walking in love. Come on. And it said he made, a, he made them a what? Feast, verse 30, and did what? Eat and drink. What was Isaac doing? He was doing Matthew 5.44, folks. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Oh, shit. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. That you may be what? Children of your Father which is in heaven, for he make his son rise on the evil and on the good, and send it rain on the just and the unjust. He was just representing his Father in heaven. Amen. Let's read that again. Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good them to them that hate you. Pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute. Let's say that one more time. Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute. One more time. Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you and pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you that you may be children of your Father which is in heaven. So tomorrow morning, tomorrow during the day, these words are going to ring in your head. Love your enemies. When that person starts cussing you out, Getting in your face. <laughs> You're going to bless them that curse you. And when that person actually physically shows how much they hate you by doing this thing spitefully against you, what you going to do? You're going to pray for them and give them a gift. I said do good for them that hate you. Doing good means doing something. Hello. So that you may be children of your father in heaven, not the children of your father below. <laughs> so we can tell whose father you belong to. <laughs> Come on, say amen, somebody. But he is representing who? His father in heaven. Now, not many people would come in agreement with someone that has done them wrong like that. Come on. Not too many people would have come in agreement with somebody that did them wrong like that. Instead, you would have been like the disciples. Can we just call fire down from heaven and torture them? <laughs> come on. You know what I'm talking about. Go back to Genesis 26, 31. It says, and they rose up between be times in the morning and square one to another. And Elijah sent them away, and they departed from him in what? And peace. Now, I want you to notice something. Remember, you know, when Abimelech came, remember his servants were digging a well. They were digging a well. Do y'all remember that? Okay, let's go back. Let me find it. Let me find it. Let me find it. Amen. Okay. Verse 25, it says, He built an altar there and called upon the name of the Lord and pitched his tents there, and there Isaac's servant digged a well. They were digging a well. They were in a process of digging another well, right? They didn't hit water yet, but they were still digging a well. But let's go back to verse 31. 
And it says they rose up time in the morning and swear one to another. And Isaac sent them away and they departed from, from, from him in peace. And it came to pass the what? The what? The same day that Isaac's servants came and told him concerning the well which they had dug, digged, and said, We have found what? We found what? They found water while Abimelech was still there. Isaac's servants came with the good news of the blessing, come on, for another well. Just to show how blessed Isaac was in front of the king Abimelech. Just so he could recognize how blessed Isaac was, amen, and truly he was somebody you don't want to mess with. So God made sure that well was, came out springing. Why? Abimelech says, okay, all right. You the man. You the man. And he's seen the prosperity I was leaving the door. Man, he's still pressed. He what? He's still blessed. And he called it Sheba. Therefore, the name of the city is Beersheba unto this day. Why was the blessing so prevalent in Isaac's life, folks? Because he was in the will of God. He stayed where God told him to stay in the middle of a famine. And God what? God proved to him that I will take care of you wherever you go just as long as you do as I told or go where I told you to go and stay there. Well, go to 1 Kings 13, 1. Let's look at another case where someone was told to do certain things but ended up being distracted. Come on, he started off in the will of God but got sidetracked. 1 Kings 13.1 It said, Behold, there came a man of God out of Judah by the word of the Lord unto Bethel. And Jeroboam stood by the altar to do what? Burn incense. So we see here, he was a what? Man of God. Amen. And he was sent to King Jeroboam with a word from the Lord. And it says in verse 2, And he cried against the altar in the word of the Lord and said, O altar, altar, thus saith the Lord, Behold, a child should be born unto the house of David, Josiah by name. And upon thee shall he offer the priest of the high places that burn incense upon thee, and men's bones shall be burned upon thee. And he gave a sign the same day, saying, This is the sign which the Lord has spoken. Behold, the altar shall be rent. And the asses that are upon it, it shall be poured out. And it came to pass in verse 4, when King Jeroboam heard the saying of this man, of, of, this, of the man of God, which had cried against the altar of Bethel, that he put forth his head from the altar, saying, Lay hold on him. And his hand, which he put forth against him, dried up, so that he could not pull it in again to himself. Come on, listen, when you're doing what God told you to do, those that come against you are in danger of their hand drying up. And it may not be a physical hand, but something in their life will begin to dry up when they come against you, especially when you're in the will of God. And it says in verse 5, And the altar also was what? Rent and ashes poured from the altar according to the what? To the sign which the man of God had given by the what? By the word of the Lord. And the king answered and said unto the man of God, Entreat now the face of the Lord thy God and pray for me that my hand may be restored again. And the man of God did what? Besought the Lord, and the king's hand was what? Restored them again, and it became as it was before. I don't know about you, but that's power. Tell your neighbor, that's power. That's the kind of power that would get a king's attention. Come on. But that kind of power comes from you being in the will of God. Let me say it again. That kind of power comes from you being in the will of God for your life. Now look at verse 7. And the king said unto the man of God, Come home with me and refresh yourself, and I will give thee a what? Reward. Now for most people, this would have been an honor. Come on. Come on, Obama fans. I get to go home with President Obama. I get to refresh myself in the president's house. That means a nice hot bath. Why someone's feeding me grapes and fried chicken. 
<laughs> Come on. I can get a massage in the next room, get a pedicure, get my toes done, hair wash, cut, groom, nice clean shave with the king's favorite aftershave. <laughs> then on top of that, I'm going to receive a reward. That means silver and gold, silver and gold, silver and gold. Come on, cha-ching. <laughs> This, some of y'all, this has to be God. <laughs> some of y'all, this has to be God. But don't let accolades fool you. You better do what God wants you to do because why? When people see God work in your life, they will offer you a lot of things, but it doesn't mean God sent them. Let me say that again. When people see God working in your life, they will offer you a lot of things, but that doesn't mean God sent them. Or you're supposed to go with them. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. Notice, notice this man's response. And the man of God said to the king, If thou wilt give me half thy house, I will not go in with thee. Neither will I eat bread nor drink water in this place. Why? For so it was charged me by the what? Word of the Lord saying, Eat nor bread nor drink water nor turn again by the same way that thou camest. Is that a commandment from the Lord? Yeah. What do you tell him to do? Eat nor what? Bread, no, drink nor what? Water nor turn again by the same way. Go this different way. So he was following the instructions of the Lord and the Lord told him what to do and what not to do. He was obedient, and he followed the will of the Lord and said, verse 10, so he went, what, another way, and returned not by the way that he came to Bethel. Now there dwelt an old prophet in Bethel. And his sons came and told him all the works that the men of God had done the day in Bethel, that day in Bethel, the words which, which had spoken unto the king, and they told also of their father. To their father, rather. Now, it says the old prophet's son told him about what? About the miracles they seen done by the man of God. And how he prophesied against the king while the king was at the altar. Now, evidently, this prophet hadn't seen or heard about, come on, like that, something like that in a long time. And it may not have happened in his, in his ministry for a long time, if it ever happened at all. Come on, say it with me now. Look at verse 12. See, he wanted to meet this man of God. He said, I need to know what this man of God is doing that I'm not doing. Come on, say amen. Verse 12, and the father said unto them, Which, what, way did, what way he went he? For a son has seen what way the man of God went, which came from Judah. And he said unto his son, Saddle me an ass. So they sat on him the ass, and he rode thereon. And he went after the man of God and found him sitting under an oak. And he said unto him, Art thou the man of God that came from Judah? And he said, I am. Then he said unto him, Come home with me and eat bread. And he said, I may not return with thee, nor go in with thee, neither will I eat nor drink water with thee in this place. For it said to me by the word of the Lord, Thou shalt eat nor bread nor drink water nor turn again to go by the way that thou camest. He was sticking with the plan. He was adamant about staying in the will of God. He knew what God had told him, and he refused to do anything different until. He said unto him, I am a prophet. Also, as thou art. He took it further. And an angel spake unto me. By the word of the Lord, saying, Bring him back with thee into thy house, that he may eat bread and drink water. But he lied unto him. <laughs> See, what got him is when the man said, I am a prophet too. I am a prophet too, just like you. Come on, say amen, somebody. 
we have something in common. We're both men of God. Just like some people say, we're both Christians. But just because someone says they're Christian doesn't mean I jump all in with them. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. Just because someone says they're Christian doesn't mean I just jump all in with them. Come on, say amen, somebody. But he not only said he, he, not only said he was a prophet, but he took it even further. And an angel spoke to me and told me to bring you back to my place so I can offer you my hospitality, seeing that we're both prophets. And it would be wrong for me to be, for you to be in my neighborhood, in my neck of the woods, and me not take care of you. That's not the way we do things around here. And since an angel spoke to me from the Lord, and I know you don't want me to miss it, do you? Come on. Oh, don't worry about that. God was just talking to the king when he told you that. He wasn't talking about me. I'm a man of God. You just got a little twisted, youngster. I'm an old prophet. I've been here for a while. I've been around the block a couple of times. Come on. Come on, say amen, somebody. I'm experiencing these things. But it says he what? He what? Now, if this man of God was smart, I don't care if it was Kenneth Copeland or Bishop Butler, you're still supposed to follow 1 John 4.1. 1 John 4, 1 says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God because many false prophets are going out into the world. Ain't that what it says? Matter of fact, even when Bishop told us about St. Thomas, he sent us down here and told us to check with our spirits when we got here because why? He said, you'll know when your feet hit the ground whether or not this is God's will for your life. But you see, I know Bishop, and we knew Kenneth Copeland. Why? Because we followed their ministries closely. Come on, say amen, somebody. This man didn't know anything about this prophet, but that he called himself a prophet. He didn't say, well, let me seek the Lord before I go with you. Why? Because I know the instructions I got from God, and I didn't hear it that way. Or maybe I'm wrong, but let me pray about it first. Come on, say amen, somebody. Because we're human, we miss it. But that's why God has an open door policy. Let me say it again. That's why God has an open door policy. He will let you know where you're at. Come on, say amen, somebody. So it says, without hesitation, without inquiring the Lord to see if God changed his plans, Come on, we serve a God that changes not. Come on. He knows what he's doing, and he knows his purposes for our life. Come on, say amen, somebody. So it says this man went back with him and did eat what? Bread in his house and drank water. And it came to pass as they sat at the table that the word of the Lord came unto the prophet that brought him back. And he cried unto the man of God that came from Judah, saying, Thus saith the Lord. I'm at 1 Kings 13, 19, y'all. Thus saith the Lord. For as much as thou hast disobeyed the mouth of the Lord, and hast not kept the commandments which thy Lord, which our God commanded thee, but thou camest back and hast eaten bread and drunk water in this place, of which the Lord did say to thee, Eat no bread and drink no water, Thy carcass shall come not unto the salvages of thy father. I can see this man's bottom lip just drop. I can see him shrink after every, after every word that comes out of this prophet's mouth. Every word cutting him to the core because why? He knows this word is coming from the Lord. Listen, you don't follow titles. You follow the Lord. Let me say it again. You don't follow titles. You follow who? You follow the Lord. You stay in the will of God for your life and don't allow anybody to distract you. Even if someone calls themselves a prophet of God. Why? Because the enemy will use anyone 
to get you out from under God's umbrella of protection, folks. He will even use so-called Christians to get you out of God's will. Verse 23, and it came to pass after he had eaten bread, after he had drunk, that he saddled for him the ass and went for the prophet whom he had brought back. And when he was gone, what happened? A lion did what? Met him by the way and did what? Slew him. And his carcass was cast in the way. And the ass, the one he was riding on, stood by it. And the lions also what? Stood by the carcass. Now think about this now. Here the lion. And here go the carcass. And here go this, his, his ass. Come on, say amen, somebody. And said, Behold, the men passed by and saw the carcass casting away, the lion standing by the carcass. And they came and told it to the city where the old prophet dwelt. And when that prophet was brought back, brought him back from when the prophet that brought him back from the way heard thereof, he said, Is this the man of God who was what? You know, you might you sometimes you just want to go into the Bible store and say, let, just let me take him by my, let, let, just let me get to him. I'll choke him myself. Come on. Is this the man of God who was disobedient to the word of the Lord? Therefore the Lord has what? Delivered him unto the lion, which had what? Torn him and slain him according to the word of the Lord, which he spake unto him. See, it wasn't the Lord that slain him. His disobedience got him slain. Say it again, his disobedience got him slain. His disobedience opened the door for Satan to come in and take him out. Even though he was still a man of God, he was no longer in that safe place. Oh, there was somebody in here. Why? The safest place to be is where? In the will of God, folks. Are you listening to me out here? Think about the Apostle John. They put him in a pot boiling oil. Come on. They let him down in the oil. And they came back up. And what didn't touch him. That's why they put him on the island of Patmos. Because they couldn't kill him. Because he was in the will of God. Come on, say amen, somebody. Think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the burning fiery furnace. Come on, say amen, somebody. And the fourth man showed up. And they came out with not even a smell of smoke on them. Think about Daniel in the lion's den. Come on, he used the lion as a pillow. (laughs) And the list can go on and on and on and on. And that's why the Old Testament was written for our what? Our example. So we can see what happened to people when they were faced with certain situations. Come on, say amen, somebody. All of these men survived because why? They were in the will of God. They were in that place of safety. Lift your hands to the Lord. Why? The safest place to be is where? Where? In the will of God. Of God. Hallelujah. 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 And like we said, sometimes you got to reevaluate yourself, folks. You got to evaluate yourself. And that's not just once a year thing. Sometimes you got to evaluate yourself almost every day. Because some things, it ain't worth it, folks. There's too many other people dependent upon you. A lot of times, it's not just about you. There are people around you that are looking for you as their example. And if you fall, they fall. Because why? You're the closest thing they've ever been to God. Amen? Amen. And it's time for people to see the blessing upon your life. 
Hallelujah. They should come up to you. I know you are a blessed man, a woman of God. Why? Because they've seen how God has prospered you. Why? Because you're where God wants you to be. But another thing we don't do also, if I'm in the will of God, I don't place a demand on my covenant promises. So if I'm in the will of God, I'm saying, God, hey, treasures of darkness. Bless coming in, bless going out, head not to tell, above and not beneath. Come on, amen. Hey, they're coming against me. Uh, take care of this. Why? Because I have a right to do that. Why? Because I know I'm in the what? Father, we thank and we praise and we glorify you.